only a few people know so far, and this is the secret. I am the host of a new podcast which will tell stories of true crime, weird disappearances, strange mysteries, wild adventures, spooky things, funny things, and also stories that listeners ask me to tell. But these stories will be spoken entirely in whisper, and every story will be 100% true. In fact, the podcast is called Whispered True Stories. <laughs> For many people, hearing a story that is told in whisper makes it much more interesting to hear, and listening to a whispered mystery or a true crime story at night has often been found to be relaxing or even comforting for people who have difficulty in falling asleep. Now, I will mention one last thing. Over the past several months, as the co-host of a podcast, I have received many comments from listeners about my voice and how soothing it is when they listen to me tell a story. So, I'm hopeful that the combination of whisper and my voice will give you as much pleasure as all of those very sweet comments have given to me. Be sure to remember the name of the show, Whispered True Stories. Look for it on iTunes and hopefully on all of your favorite apps for podcasts. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Erin Klein and Diana Seacon and oh, sorry, Jackie. <laughs> Just Jackie. Just Jackie. She Just has Jackie. no last name. I don't know what my last name is right now. I'm in the process. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll have a last name of your very own. I'm so excited. Well, actually, you have to share it, but uh, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Yay. Yay. I still want to cheer every time. Happy November. Happy November. Happy did you grow a mustache? I did not. Me neither. I did. My child did scratch me and this morning I had like a mark. So it looked a little bit like I had half of a mustache, but oh, it was pink. That's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I feel that we should now pause and introduce our guest. <laughs> I thought that happened. <laughs> For November. No, we're good. It's more fun. Oh, okay. Well, for this episode, we have a guest. <gasps> we do? Yeah, her name is Jackie, no last name. <laughs> Jackie, no last name? She's in the Witness Protection Program. That's a terrible Witness Protection Program. Oh, my word. Uh, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're going to stand out, and I just told the whole world. I found out how the Witness Protection Program used to work when my grandpa was a cop in Detroit. Okay, pause. You'll you, like can, that. you can share that when it's your turn. <laughs> I, just remembered. I just remembered and needed to tell you that I remembered. Awesome. That's like very it. cool. Mm -hmm. I, I do like all things, mm -hmm. all things crime. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to get this show started because we were talking about how we were not going to have to edit. We being me. 
Okay. Mm. Moving on from that topic. Diana, did you learn anything this week? I did. I learned something amazing. I'm so ready. Me too. You're next. <laughs> you can tell us about the witness protection program. <laughs> I always have to remember everything. <laughs> it's true. I didn't take notes. Amsterdam uh-huh. has a houseboat. Okay. Full of cats. Why? And you can pet them all. <laughs> Wait, just like why? Amster- just, just Amsterdam. Like, the, no, like well, this like, one is in Amsterdam. There okay. might be other houseboats of cats, but whose houseboat is it? Is it Amsterdam's that's, that's the houseboat? Impression I got, is it was Amsterdam's or it just houseboat. happens to belong to someone there? It is de boots and boot, <laughs> which means the cat boat, and it's a belongs f- to the cats. It's do a cats floating own houseboat. Those cats are doing better than I. They're am. pretty swank. It's That's a floating animal sanctuary Ooh. in Amsterdam. So it provides shelter for about 50 cats and human oh. visitors can come visit them for free. So they have heat and beds and boxes and scratching posts. And then when you look at the the picture of the boats, they have it like fenced in, like chicken wire fenced in. So the cats yeah. can go wander around on the deck and have outside time, but not pester Fall in the, the water. Du- no, pester oh. the. D- <laughs> Apparently, the problem is that they were like killing baby ducklings. So. Oh my god! Because <laughs> <laughs> they'd float by, and you know they're there and they're toys, right? I mean, cats are like an environmental hazard, right? They are so destructive. Oh yeah, no, totally. So I know that when you said beds that you probably meant like cat beds but in my brain because it's a houseboat i just had this image of like rows upon rows of tiny bunk beds oh my god all the cats like four poster bunk beds but they wouldn't sleep on those either with little pillows (laughs) they tuck themselves in with little handmade no i bet they have actual people beds so that the cats can sleep on the end of them right (laughs) that is adorable so the next time i go to amsterdam this time, I'm totally leaving the airport. <laughs> so I can go see this. Someday, Amsterdam, I'm going to see more than your airport. <laughs> Is it that, a good airport? It's a pretty good airport. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually I actually tried to be smart the last time I had to make a connection through there. And I was like, okay, so I've been to, at that point, I'd been, I think, twice through the Amsterdam airport. That's never, okay. never left it. And I did some research, and people told me, like, if you're there for three hours, you can leave the airport. You can do like a quick tour around town. You can get back to the airport plenty of time. It's like, great. We're going to do this. I gave myself a layover. I was going to leave. I was going to see Amsterdam. I was going to do the quick tour. And then I realized that I landed at three in the morning. Oh. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a layover if it's 3 a.m. Right. There is nowhere to go. No. No, I think at that point you just are real sad that you have a layover at 3 I was real sad, but I did buy some sweet stuff in the airport because it's a pretty good airport. That's where I good. That's where I bought my perfume, which I can't nice. find anywhere else. So now I have to go back to Amsterdam to visit cats and buy more perfume at the duty free. Sounds well, like a I good feel trip. Like that's like a business reason, right? So like our company should totally send you. Hey, Courtney. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to one of our newest fans. Hey, Linda. <laughs> so Jackie, did you learn anything? I did. What did you learn? <gasps> I learned about the witness protection program, like because you're in it. Yes. Oh gosh, how many <laughs> years ago? I think this would have been like the '60s, maybe. Which grandpa? My dad's dad. Oh, so not my grandpa. No, not your grandpa. Okay, sorry, other grandpa. Okay, you're giving and away he, details. I am. 
he's dead. It's okay. Um, but not, you're not still in the grandpa. witness protection program. No. no, our grandpa's not dead. No. Okay, good. Because he wasn't like last the, week. The other one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he was a cop in Detroit. He's a detective. It's a very, very good one. Mm. All sorts of wow. fun stories about how he like broke up the second round of Detroit riots and all this fun stuff. Cool. But apparently... Uh, back before like computers were an actual thing, they still had the witness protection program, mm-hmm. sort of, not really. Mm-hmm. And so basically what they would do is if they had someone who needed to go in it, they would just go down to like a local hospital. And my dad almost made it sound like they kind of just had a bribe system, but I don't, Quite possibly. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and guess that's it was, true. It was yeah. very, it was all very under the table and they would just have like a contact there who would just like grab a blank social security card and a blank birth certificate and just sort of type one up real quick and say, all right, here you go. Go move somewhere. And that was it. That seems and so, yeah, that seems so, <laughs> yeah, that's totally right. But so yeah. when my grandpa died and my dad was going through his stuff, he found a bunch of like blank social security cards and blank birth certificates that he oh just God. still had from when he just needed to kind of fill them out for people. That's like the wow. ultimate bug out bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that I'm going through way safe? more work to change my name than I need to. Probably. <laughs> yeah, just grab some of those. I don't know. It depends. Is your credit good? Because it's worth it if your credit is good. To, is like, it? To, yeah. I do have good credit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You know. It's not that hard. It's only once. The thing that gets Unless me Unless you're that- my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody we- gets a starter marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get a starter marriage. No. Well, I did. I know. Maybe Jackie did. We don't know yet. It's only we don't know yet. Weeks. Still new. Still new. You just don't know where I've been. <laughs> you're like 12 you don't know what my past life was on that note so Aaron, I was gonna say is nobody gonna ask me just sit here and wait I was gonna hum the Jeopardy theme but we've done that Batman so Aaron, yeah did you learn anything I did what did you learn I found a new kind of octopus oh you it's, found it well you somebody it? somebody sent it to me um might have been Chance or Paul. Shit, who was it? I bet it was a. Oh really yeah, good it was friend. you. What? <laughs> so full disclosure, did not read the article. Just sent it to you. <laughs> she was like octopus. Aaron will like that. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> sent it to me. Oh, and I then... just assumed it was an actual octopus. Oh, not no. an article. You at no point said article. I was waiting for there to be an octopus upstairs. Wait. Okay. So. So wait. Um. No. So Diana sent me an article, and it had six. It was like six I think things it was you don't know. Or eight. eight. Oh, yeah. Well, I knew all of them except one. <laughs> <laughs> they And I probably could name all of them, too, but they were all like really cool octopods. And the one I didn't know was the ghost octopus. Yeah. So tell us about that. So, oh, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I was doing when this text came, but I went through and I was like, mimic octopus check. Actually, I was saying them in my head. I was like... It's going to be the mimic. It's going to be the blue ringed. It's going to be the blanket. It's going to be the Dumbo. And it's going to be the coconut. Those were the other five. And then there was ghost, ghost octopus, which I didn't know about. But he appears to be clear from the picture that I saw. Oh, wow. So I don't know if he can change his skin color. He just has a sheet that he carries around and puts over his head as needed. With, with holes cut out for the yeah. eyeballs? It's actually just a blanket octopus that he like cohabitates with. <laughs> and the blanket octopus goes over his head and then he goes <laughs> are there still the holes in the blanket octopus oh that's mean <laughs> i think it's actually just like ink 
It just squirts oh, the ink. Oh, okay. They're more like painted on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not a fact at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. It's been on the internet. It's true. <laughs> true. Our outstanding listenership. That's right. Actually, our listeners kick ass. Oh, my you gosh. You guys are amazing. You guys are so fantastic. Our, we have been really, really thrilled with our engagement and our number. Like, yeah. you guys are so great. Okay. You're so great. Let's move on. Wait. Uh oh, she's all tearing up. <sighs> this is a huge chunk of my life, like pretty much one hundred percent of my non-work hours. Besides your children, podcasting. Yeah, I don't see them sometimes. Yeah, but I always get the <laughs> podcast episode out on time. Oh, uh, yeah, one hundred percent priorities. <laughs> oh. I mean, Sophie is in a lot of our podcast episodes. She gives the warning. That's true. Warning. <laughs> It's very cute. Alrighty. So, uh, Jeff found this. Ooh. He's outsourcing. No, he, um, so I'll talk about it in a minute, but he's been watching this new series. And it was part of that. And he came in to my office and was like, I just learned about this thing. And I knew something about it, mostly that it had happened. But then I watched. And watched the documentary with him, and it was cool. So I did a story about it. I'm really intrigued. Is it on Netflix? Yes. I mean, it's not on TV. No, I just can't remember. I think it's Netflix. I don't think it's Hulu. But, yeah. Well, because I'm intrigued, because that means I can watch it, too. <laughs> you can. You can. You should all watch it. I'll tell you about it at the, begin- at the end, but at the uh, it would give it away. So... There are lots of different kinds of strategic reserves in the world. I don't think I understand what that means. So strategic reserves are reserves of commodities or items. Okay. 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 Yeah. So when you have a surplus in one year, you put them aside in case. Like a seed vault, but not. Ooh, that's one of my examples. (gasps) Nice. Yeah. So it's reserved to cope with unexpected events. So if there's an overproduction of grain one year, you put it into reserves. If next year sucks, you have extra to put into the marketplace. So it's price stabilization. Helps the farmers out, helps the supply chain out. So someone dropped the ball with avocados is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there are potatoes. There might be one of those. There's a potato shortage. Fun fact. It's not a fun fact at all. I just ordered potatoes. (laughs) There are some potatoes upstairs. I have one in my fridge at home because I ate the other ones. Because I ate the oh. other ones. <laughs> There's one left. <laughs> Why is it in the fridge? Is it already cooked? No, because that's where I put things. Because otherwise... They grow. No, like... My kitchen's a situation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're safer there. And okay. then I know where they are. Well, I mean, we did talk about the guy that came in and like stole stuff out of your fridge. But I feel like this is a different situation. I think you cut that, though. Did I? You did. <laughs> oh, damn. Guys, Diana has a great story about a thief. God. No, I don't think he was a thief. Why are you not the only person that I know that that's happened to? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yikes. Did somebody else live on 38th and McKinley or 36th and McKinley for a while? <laughs> no. One of my friends uh, told me a story about someone breaking into his apartment and stealing his tacos. That's amazing. Yeah. No, this was a uh, neighbor dementia, just random shit out of the fridge because I didn't lock the back door. That's but she thought she was going crazy. Oh, I thought it was going crazy because we didn't figure out for a long time that it was him. So I'd buy something 
And then it wouldn't be in the fridge. And then Jeff was like, you just didn't buy it. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I did. Or like, I'd put a beer in because I wanted one later. And like nothing. And eventually we figured out it was the neighbor. But he sold like an onion and a bag of hash browns and a bubbly crust. <laughs> and countless beer and Cokes. And you know, I just had no idea who was doing it. I had no idea that somebody was doing it. I thought I was losing my fucking mind. No, did he know he was do- like? Did he realize that he was like going into your house and taking stuff, oh, or I have did no he idea. just had like? She he just, just started out of locking it. the door. I just um, started locking the back door. Never happened that, again. That's fair. Yeah. No, I never said simple anything. solutions. He, like his brother came over to take care of him and stuff, and I didn't want to. He was already overburdened. having a rough time. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Anywho. There's the Svalbard Global Seed Trust. <gasps> You know what? When you started saying that, I was like, I bet that's a seed vault. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> There's also a national raisin reserve. What the fuck? But no Why? avocado. No. Nobody gives a shit if we run out of raisins. Well, I don't know. They're small. They're shelf stable. They have lots of calories. They're fucking disgusting and they ruin they make everything. They poop. Like, I feel like they're kind of important. I mean. No. I have successfully lived at least the last 20 years with no raisins. Oh, I kind of like raisins. I oh, like raisins. raisins are in everything. I like in, raisins and in oatmeal mix. cookies. No, no chocolate chip oatmeal. No, there's the Chinese pork stockpile. That makes me all happy. I wait, but it's a stockpile. Well, it is, <laughs> but the Chinese pork, like that's what gets me. Like China famously doesn't have enough land for livestock. That's why they have a reserve. Why do they have the pork <laughs> reserve? Did someone send them the pork? Can they send me the pork? Ooh. That's what she said. Along with my train load of... (laughs) (laughs) Your boxcar of beef? My boxcar beef. There's a cotton reserve in India. Let's see if you can figure out what this one is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's called the Strategic National Stockpile. What country? The U.S. Well, I mean, there are lots of nations. It didn't have to be the U.S. (laughs) Only uh, the U.S. would name it a dumbass thing like this. I am going to go with A, soybeans, B, peanuts. No, this is all Virginia. <laughs> C, tobacco. Uh, Wheat. Corn. Uh, corn. Oh, corn was a good guess. Uh, corn was a good guess. Thank you. It's I lived in not- Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> it's medical Heroin. supplies. I was close. I said heroin. (laughs) hundred years ago, absolutely. But the best and most important strategic reserve, except the pork one. Puppies. No. Better. Cats on a houseboat. Um, I'm sorry. Better than puppies? Better. Well, we can't eat puppies. I mean, you can. But again, I mean, like, I guess this mind. is the U.S., not China's reserve. So. <laughs> this is this is not a U.S. reserve. Oh, actually. well, then, yeah, puppies. Oh, um, the best. The best one. Buttons. Liquor. That would be good. Shoes. Gross. I don't know. Uh, it's the global strategic maple syrup reserve. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Canada's. Canada. <laughs> yeah. I should have known. Diana <laughs> Diana thinks she's Canadian. Just, Diana is Canadian. Diana's not sure she's Canadian. Diana's eligible to be a Canadian. <laughs> Diana's going to be deported to Canada. Lucky you. True story. Please vote Democrat. I'd like to still be a citizen on Wednesday. Would you, though? If we don't yeah. vote Democrat, wouldn't you rather be deported? True story. 
It's already too late for them to vote. Then you can go get some uh, maple syrup preserves. We're going to pour maple syrup in the snow this year, though, right? Oh, my God. 100%. Okay. I saw that on the documentary. Does it work? It does. It rolls It's not just a little house thing. No, it's a totally real thing. So the Global Strategic Maple Syrup Reserve is maintained by the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers. Federation de Producte... Nope. Uh Uh-uh. Not even trying it. Here and referred to as the Federation, because my French is no longer good enough for that. So, like, now we're in Star Wars, right? Isn't that a Star Wars thing? You don't know. Isn't that a Star Wars thing? (laughs) (laughs) Maple syrup. The strategic... Maple syrup reserve. Global, global strategic maple syrup. Global reserve. strategic maple syrup reserve. The G S M S R. Sure. Someone came up with that name. Someone sat down and said, "This would be a good name for this." Oh, you know it was a committee. Well, yeah, but still, someone <laughs> had to They're think like, of it first. It's the maple syrup reserve. No, 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 it can't be. It's a strategic maple. Okay, it's a strategic maple syrup. Yeah, <laughs> but, but no one else has world. this. So <laughs> this is for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> the Federation is an OPEC-like, legally sanctioned cartel that requires that the maple syrup producers in Quebec, who provide 71% of the world's maple syrup. Wow. Although I saw a lot of numbers. 71% seemed to be kind of the median, but they went after maple syrup numbers. Like you talk about how long I sang the Jeopardy theme song. <laughs> like it was like 5,012% in one place. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Quebec produces about 71% of the world's maple syrup. I just, I just have to say it is the most Canadian thing ever for their cartels to be legal and maple syrup cartels. Oh, 100%. guarded by most. Right, right. 100%. Well, 512%. 512%. So the Federation requires that they all produce and sell their syrup according to the Federation's rules. So there are quotas, there are caps, um, everything is sold through the Federation, like it's a fully enclosed market for all of Quebec maple syrup. Hmm. But not all producers in Quebec want to work with the Federation, but they're legally obligated to. Mm-hmm. Is there underground maple syrup distribution? Of course there is. It's Canada. Yes. It's there is a huge black market for maple syrup outside of the Federation. Why do I feel like black market maple syrup would taste better? Why am I completely unfazed by that? Like, I'm just not surprised. Because we've probably all eaten it. Probably. Yeah. Is it like honey? Is there a definition of maple syrup? Oh, I'm sure there is. Because there is not of honey in that. Well, a my initial issue. question really? was, There's is not blueberry syrup included? And then I realized the redundancy of that question. <laughs> <laughs> Only blueberry maple syrup. Yes. So the, the Federation is not a fan of the black market. Well, <laughs> really? Really? Now that does surprise me. Right. They, are, they are not a fan. So the Federation doesn't, doesn't like that very much. There are about 50 independent maple syrup producers in Quebec that are in various stages of legal battles with the Federation. And the Federation levies huge fines on producers that won't work with them. So we have a huge Federation that's created a legally sanctioned cartel in Quebec. And they produce about 70% of the maple syrup for the entire world. 512% for the entire world. 512%. We have a bunch of people that aren't happy with them. And they're working around the system. Right. Maple syrup prices right now are really high. Maple syrup runs about $2,000 a barrel. How much maple syrup is in a barrel? A um, barrel full? A lot. 
like 85 it's gotta be a lot because i don't pay anywhere near that for a jug <laughs> no but it's like 85 don't gallons you or something. i don't know so maple syrup is about 13 times more expensive than crude wow it's really expensive it's like the sixth most expensive fluid in the world in 2010 was a great year for maple syrup. There was so much additional to put into the strategic reserve that the Federation had to lease a third warehouse to hold it all. So then we have the perfect conditions for the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Oh my God. (laughs) In the summer of 2012, Michelle Gavreau was doing an annual inspection of the strategic maple syrup reserve in Saint-Louis-de-Blanfort. At the additional warehouse that the Federation had leased for the extra, extra, extra syrup produced in recent (laughs) years. He started climbing up the barrels to start his inspection, and he was near the top of the stack when one of the barrels teetered, and he almost fell down. And when barrels are full of maple syrup, they weigh about 600 pounds, so something was clearly wrong. No, they don't teeter. They're very stable. He's just climbing the barrels? Mm -hmm. When (laughs) Kevro knocked on the barrel, it sounded empty. Yes. And when he opened it, it, it was, was empty. <laughs> <laughs> Completely so, empty? Empty. Licked clean. I don't know about that. Probably they were Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> so, that connection, I'm a little... <laughs> They're not going to waste maple syrup. Oh, okay. True story. Okay. So he figured it was a mistake. One empty barrel got placed in with a full one. Sure. No big deal. Reasonable. But then more barrels were found. Mm. And some of them were empty... But some of them were filled up with water. (gasps) Water never goes in those barrels. And that's actually how they were able to eyeball some of them because they had been full of water for so long that they had started rusting along the bottom. Maple syrup doesn't sweat and it doesn't corrode. Huh. Yeah. Can maple syrup be stored like indefinitely like honey? A little bit. Yeah. Not quite as indefinitely, but for quite a long time. Right. Not ancient Egypt. No, but um, I'm... Didn't read a ton about the production of it, but it sounded like they, um, there's something about fermenting uh, um, for longer term. I don't remember. But yes, it's a long time. You can keep they it. They would store it as like ready to go maple syrup, right? Like not the sap. They're not storing maple sap that hasn't been boiled down and turned into mm-hmm. syrup. No, no, no. It's syrup, but it's the different grades and different levels of, con- or not condensation, but concentration and Right. Okay. Yeah. No. I feel like I'm learning about syrup. That's going to be my next thing. Is did you know? <laughs> I'll eat syrup. So but water never goes in those barrels. So that was a huge tell. And what they found was that maple syrup, nearly five hundred and forty thousand gallons. Holy shit! Which is about twelve and a half percent of the reserve had vanished. And that maple syrup was worth. million dollars holy shit (coughs) that's a lot of syrup that's so many pancakes it's it was the (laughs) i believe the largest french toast the largest theft ever in quebec what is it with you and food theft it's the most traumatic have you met me (laughs) i just we had the whole conversation about beef but that wasn't really about Theft, but then there was the avocado theft. Like all of these warehouses, her fridge. Diana's doing research. Her fridge. There is her no food was... in my fridge. Well, yeah, <laughs> it all got stolen. Stole right. it. <laughs> the next door neighbor stole it. So this whole federation thing is actually insanely complicated, and I am not 
getting into it, this is the very, very like least you need to know about the situation. Inspectors noticed that the syrup was missing, and they figured that it had to be somebody who had access to it. Okay, so far I'm with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> A plus B. <laughs> so far they're doing the better job of the detectives that I was listening about this morning. Mm-hmm. So this particular warehouse, this was the third warehouse, the expansion one, and it had several different tenants. So they figured it had to be somebody, one of the other tenants, somebody that had access. Oh, okay. Um, and somebody that was able to remove the syrup gradually because it didn't all disappear at once. Or did it? Ooh. No, it didn't. They figured out later <laughs> it had been over more than a year that they had been doing this. Well, I mean, that's, that's a still lot impressive. of syrup. No, it's still a lot of syrup and it's still impressive, but it's not like it was over a day or two. Like right. it was very gradual. People didn't notice. It wasn't a caravan of U-Hauls full of maple syrup. That's like at least 10 giddy pools. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> Kitty pools of maple syrup sounds like the worst idea ever. Oh, so messy. So... Somebody had to have access. They had to have the opportunity to remove it gradually from the warehouse right. and replace it bit by bit. So somebody who comes and goes. Somebody who comes and goes. And the conditions under the Federation provided motive. There were lots of people that were working around the Federation and selling right. on the black market. Even better if you don't have to tap the trees yourself. Right. So an investigation in really, truly excellent police work led to 26 arrests. and Holy more than. Shit. <laughs> And more than 200 witnesses being interviewed by the police. And so far, five men have been convicted of the crime. Ow. So here's how it went down. So I mentioned that the Federation needed to lease this third warehouse to house the expanding reserve. And the warehouse they rented was partially owned by the wife of Avit Caron. And he knew an opportunity when he saw it. Yeah. So all this those extra, extra, extra syrup, they're not going to miss it for a long time. And he has access. Right. Because his wife owns part of the warehouse. So almost immediately, he started looking for black market buyers for all of the syrup. I mean, that's really good business sense. He looks like a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> like every picture, he's just all self-satisfied with himself. Right, right. He's a schmuck. Anywho, so a friend introduced him to uh, Richard Villiers, who was a known barrel roller. And a barrel roller is somebody who skirts the Federation system and sells syrup on the black market. I love that it has like a name and that it is such a Canadian monster name. Well, they had to define it. So I'm watching this documentary and they're like... And he said, like, they're interviewing him. He's like, I'm a barrel roller. And I'm picturing, like, somebody on the river on a barrel. Like, oh, and see, I'm literally just picturing that scene from The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, surely it's at least a manufacturer of barrels. It was not a manufacturer. No. And don't call me Shirley. I was going to Fine. make a joke about that, but... So the gang, uh, the, the people that was were doing this theft, they would take barrels from the reserve and they would truck them to a sugar shack belonging to Richard Valliere. So once at the sugar shack, they'd siphon the syrup from the Federation barrels into their own barrels. And they'd fill the original with lake water Ew. and return them to the warehouse. So the Federation has a, a complex labeling system. So they would also keep the original labels on the Federation barrels, but then they were counterfeiting the labels for their barrels to make it look like it was official Federation. Oh my gosh, because they had them right there in front of them. Right. 
So eventually they got lazy and they stopped bringing the barrels out to the sugar shack. They just started siphoning right in the warehouse and leaving them empty. Nearly 10,000 barrels of syrup were stolen and sent to points east and south where the Federation has no power. It was generally sold to legit distributors. Uh, Because how would they know it wasn't legit syrup? Right. So they didn't know it was stolen. But it was also sold to distributor Etienne Saint-Pierre, who rebranded the syrup as having come from New Brunswick, which is outside of the Federation's jurisdiction, and seems to have known that it was stolen. Right. So all of the trials, (laughs) all of the trials that I could find were concluded in 2017, and five people have been convicted in connection to this heist. So Avi Caron, the man whose wife was part owner of the third warehouse, was sentenced to five years in prison plus a $1.2 million fine. Oh. Uh, Richard Valier, who is the barrel roller, was sentenced to eight years in prison plus a $9.4 million fine. However, he has the option to elect an additional six years in prison instead of paying the fine. Okay. So he's appealing. They all are. We don't know how that's gone down yet. Right. right. Raymond Vallier, who is father of the barrel roller, was convicted of possession of stolen goods and fraud with intention to traffic. According to him, stealing from thieves is not stealing. <laughs> so he's Robin Hood. Yeah. Right. But like a really bad they made, Canadian They tried version. to make that connection a lot about how they were Robin Hood, except they all got stinking rich, and I don't think they gave anything to the poor. Right, right. So he was sentenced to two years minus one day in jail to be served in the community, which, fun fact, isn't jail time. To be served in the community? Like, is it a work release program? No, he just... He just is in home. jail, but he's not, he's not actually locked up. So I don't know if it's how... Like, I don't I even think say, it's house does he arrest. at least get an ankle bracelet? Like, what? No, so I looked it up and it sounded like it was kind of parole, but not parole. And if he got into trouble, they'd just pop him right back in, in jail. So it's parole. Except no, because he gets the two years minus one day and three years probation. As well as a $9,840 fine. $9,000? Yeah. And if he didn't... Uh, that's a pretty good deal right there. Right. <laughs> and if he so didn't, bad. If he didn't pay the fine within one year, he would be sent to jail for six months. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Yeah. Canadian dollars? I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> Pesos, <I'm>... actually. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Sebastian... Yikes. Jutras was the truck driver in the heist. He got eight months in prison. And Etienne Saint-Pierre, the reseller, was sentenced to two years minus one day in jail to be served in the community and three years probation, as well as a one point, well, that's not right at all. I think it was $1.3 million fine paid over 15 years or he'll face five years in prison. And while some of the maple syrup was recovered, not all of it was, and it may remain uneaten. Or already sold and already consumed on pancakes. I hope so. It's much harder to find once it's been eaten. Much, <laughs> much harder. <laughs> well, but the, the syrup that was recovered wasn't fit for consumption anymore. So they got rid of it. Because it hadn't been properly handled? It hadn't been properly handled. Well, that is such a waste. Right? Like, if you're going to steal syrup because it is so expensive, then sell it. Right. Or at least take care of it so you can sell it. Right. I don't. 
such a relief after last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go more ridiculous. Yeah. This I this whole it. thing though. So Jeff saw it on uh, Dirty Money, which is I believe on Netflix. Oh, you were talking about Dirty Money. Yeah, he was talking about the Palin thing. Yeah, he is yeah, a yeah, total yeah. crook. I might have to do that too. Um, and so yeah, he comes to my office. He's like did you know about this maple syrup thing? It was like, Oh yeah. Like I know that it happened. That was right. about it. So I went in and watched it with him and it's an hour long show. They barely scratched the surface of this whole thing. It is insanely complicated. Interesting. Yeah. You um, wouldn't think so. Cause it's maple syrup. Right. But, but it's no. a lot of maple. Syrup. It is. A it lot is so much maple syrup. syrup. I wonder how much sap. Like four. So they, no, they talked about that, about how much you boil it down like it's, it's a, a lot ton. it's a lot a lot yeah it's yeah. like what an ounce or something from one of like a curious george it's a lot <laughs> it's all good there's a curious, curious george get in here there was a curious was, george episode did, about dizzy. maples <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there was a curious george episode about maple syrup and they tapped all the trees and he was super excited and then he was like eating the sap and then he was really unhappy and then they showed him how to make it into syrup and then it made like a tiny little jar that he got to take home after he worked all fucking week for the maple syrup. That was awesome. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm kind of craving maple syrup, even though <laughs> I don't like maple syrup. Mm. I do like honey. Waffles. I like waffles. I just prefer my breakfast foods savory. Erin? Yeah. Do you have a story? I do. Because I'm cold and snotty. title of my autobiography (laughs) (laughs) name of my sex tape (laughs) okay (laughs) i do i went murder because i needed some comfort this week after last week so i was like how about murder i'm afraid to be in your house oh yeah i did almost listen to jonestown again this weekend because i needed some happy thoughts (laughs) dorothy donovan so I'm going to tell you a sad, sad story about Dorothy Donovan. Is it heartwarming? It is not. Awesome. Uh, but it has a twist, which was kind of excellent. Mm. So as I am telling you this story, I want you to think about what you know about police work and murderers and how you profile people and who the most likely suspects are. I believe I am contractually obligated to not know any of these things. And yet. <laughs> is it like that riddle where like the maid did it because there was no post on Sundays? It is not like that, actually. Lame. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it has nothing to do with posts or Sundays or maids at all, actually. Yeah, no, you're just totally 100% wrong, actually. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So while the story is about Dorothy Donovan, mm-hmm. because it is to her that the tragedy happens, I'm actually going to tell you about her son, Charles Holden. Is he a dick? Kind of. <laughs> he lived in Harrington, Delaware, which made me hey. <laughs> <laughs> Our mother's maiden name. Is that plural? I don't know. <laughs> I started thinking about it as they I They have different names it. now. They do, but they both were Harrington. Our grandfather's last name. And on June 22nd, 1991, he had a really shitty night. So he got off work around midnight. Mm. I don't know what he did because he really wasn't all that interested. (laughs) (laughs) And he stopped for fast food on the way home because he was hungry because he had just gotten off work. Was Mm. it Chick-fil-A? I I don't know. It's a little unclear. I'm going to guess not because they don't usually stay open that late. 
It's true. We close at 10. Yeah. So probably not, <laughs> not Chick-fil-A. Um, but regardless, when he was leaving after picking up his fast food, he was flagged down by a hitchhiker. So later he had cause to describe this hitchhiker to the police. And he described him as being in his late 20s or early 30s. That he was about five foot eight, which it always really gets me when people are like, he's about five foot eight. So what that means is he stood next to me. I'm five eight. He was about the same size. Yeah, I know if someone's about six feet, but if they're shorter than that, then I don't know. They're like four feet tall. Right. Well, right. It's like anyone younger than me is like 12. Right. Anyone Anyone older older than me is like like 90. I knew that was coming. (laughs) He had a slender build, a pockmarked complexion. He wore plastic framed glasses with oversized lenses. Was the 90s. And while they didn't say this, it was very evident when they drew the sketch. He was black. I feel like that's something he should have included. Race. Yeah. When you're describing a human being. That's racist. (laughs) (sighs) Triggered. So, this hitchhiker... Late 20s, early 30s, (laughs) slender build, pockmarked complexion, plastic frame glasses with oversized lenses, said his sister was having a baby and he had to get to the hospital in Georgetown. To which Charles Holden responded, yeah, sorry, I can't take you there. That's way too far. It's really late at night. I just got off work. I want to go home. Wait. So this guy pulls over to pick up a hitchhiker. Well, he was at the fast food restaurant. Like he hadn't made it out of the parking lot yet when this guy... Like, so it made it sound like he had gone into the restaurant. And as he was coming back out, this guy was like, hey, I need a ride. My sister's having a baby. She's in Georgetown. Like, and he was like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. It's real late. And I just got my burger and I got to go. I like the idea of him pulling over just to taunt this guy a little bit. Right. <laughs> Dude, hey, you, you need want? a ride? Sorry, bro. Not gonna <laughs> That happen. is too really? far for me and my car. Yeah. <laughs> it's a truck, actually. It's a truck. Um, nitpicking the guy this hitchhiker continued to beg and please just anything i just gotta go my sister's having a baby it's really late at night blah 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 dude babies take a while well yes unless you're morgan that's true (laughs) so um eventually holden agreed that he would take him part of the way he would get him a little closer to the hospital i feel like that's worse than nothing at all i don't know it depends on where you're gonna drop him off like if it's a place where you can then get in someone else's car at now like one in the morning or whatever then that's better but so i feel like i need to see a map of how all this went down because then it starts to get weird so he drives him then it does? An Uber. it's 1991 and <laughs> no such thing and <laughs> So he drives him three miles what a dick. down Highway Thanks, 14. Dude. Yep. Cheap. And he stops. Did he ask for? Yeah, for gas money. <laughs> yeah. He stops at an intersection and it's where he would turn to go down his road to his house. But he didn't want this sketchy hitchhiker who was just trying to get to his sister's hospital bedside to know where he lived. So he stopped at the intersection to let him out. Which was all fine and good. And that was the deal that they had arranged. Except it really pissed the hitchhiker off that he actually was letting him off at an intersection three whole miles down the road. Mm-hmm. 
So when they stopped at the intersection, this, this stranger, this hitchhiker, was really, really pissed, and he attacked Charles. And he demanded money. Charles grabbed his keys and jumped out of the car. I guess he was going to just take off, but didn't want to leave the keys. And I don't know what his plan was. <laughs> um, and there was a store there. And so he was running toward the store for help. But the hitchhiker grabbed a screwdriver that was apparently just in the truck and chased him and threatened to kill him. At which point, Charles Holden was like, you know what? I'll drive you to the hospital. It's cool. So they go No, you don't go back into a confined space with the crazy dude who chases you with a screwdriver. Well, shit. Now you tell me. (laughs) I mean, it turned out okay the one time, I guess. Don't worry, Diana. I did college wrong. (laughs) Yikes. So, um, So they go to get back in the car. Charles jumps in the car first, turns it on, and drives away before the guy can get back in. There you so go. So it was okay. Uh, the man tried to chase him, but he couldn't. And so now Charles is concerned. He, he knows this guy is really angry. He knows he's a little bit on the crazy side. Like, he just threatened to kill him. And so he decides he's going to drive around and, like, like, confuse the situation before he goes home. So the guy can't just follow him to his house and continue to be angry and violent toward him. Even though he is in a car and the guy I was going to say, foot. on foot. On foot. <laughs> the hitchhiker does try to chase him, but of course he loses him pretty quickly. So no big deal. Right. And after driving around for quite a while, Charles decides it's safe. He's going to go home. So he drives back to his home and he, so he lives in a trailer and in the backyard of the trailer, there's a farmhouse. So like, I don't know. It's usually the other way around. Yeah. (laughs) But he lives in the trailer. But when he gets to the trailer, there's the hitchhiker. Now, this is the story that he's later telling police. Okay. At this point, he's like, well, shit, he found me. And I'm making the, how the hell would that happen? Right. So he calls the police. He drives off. He goes to a store. He calls the police. And he says, I can't. I can't go home. Here's what happened. I picked up this guy. I agreed to drive him this far. When I went to let him out, he went crazy. He tried to kill me. I tried to go. Like, I drove around for a long time. And then I came home. And he's at my house. Like, I can't go back there. So the police come. Officer Myrna Kinney is the one that comes. Um, and accompanies him back to his house. They go around. Um, Kinney does a, a thorough search. There hasn't been a break-in that they can tell. Nothing is out of place. Nothing has been stolen. Nobody is there. Um, and so everything is fine. Except that, like, Charles is having a bad day. <laughs> right. But he's super freaked out. So just because he is super freaked out, he's like, okay, so this farmhouse in the backyard, that's where my mom lives, and she's, like, in her 70s. Can we just go check on her, make sure she's okay before you leave, because you've got a gun. And so they <laughs> I'm do. sure that's exactly how that went down, because you have a gun. You have a gun, and I don't, and let's go. <laughs> so they do, and when they get to the farmhouse, the back window, the back door window is smashed in, and they can see blood through the window on the floor. Awkward. Yeah, so they go into this house, and they go up the stairs, and upstairs in the bedroom, they find his mother, Dorothy Donovan, dead. She has been stabbed in the chest, the arms, and the face. Very bad day for Charles. Yeah. And Dorothy. And really for Dorothy. Like, she was asleep. Nothing in the whole house has been taken other than the fact the windows smashed in. Like, there's no 
evidence of anything. Um, there is a bloody handprint on a railing going up the stairs. So, like, maybe whoever smashed in the window could have cut themselves or perhaps, like, after they killed her, then they had her blood on them. And mm-hmm. So... At this point, the police have a pretty good suspect. Who is, if you had to guess? Would it be Charles? Right? Maybe with the maid. Well, okay, you go with the maid. You just do you over there. (laughs) No, but, like, what a bizarre story. Right. I pissed this guy off by not being generous enough. He tried to kill me. I tried to lose him somehow. He found my house, even though I didn't let him off on my road. And then, since I wasn't home, he must have gone next door, found an old woman, knew it was my mom, and killed her out of revenge. Yeah, that seems logical. Nothing was stolen. <laughs> That's what I would do. Right? Yeah. No, like, there's just this random guy in the middle of the night. Like, the police are like, yeah, pretty sure we're going to arrest you. He was a ghost. <laughs> right? I feel like that's the drunk history version of, of this story. I'm pretty sure we're going to arrest you. Right. <laughs> Isn't that what this podcast is? Is like a drunken crime. A little bit. Um. So... They just thought it was a really bizarre coincidence that this would happen. Plus, Charles was like, hey, let's, you know, here's this crazy thing that happened. They didn't find any evidence at his house. Then he was like, just in case, let's check on my mom. And then she happened to be dead. Like, right. Charles is looking pretty guilty. But where's the screwdriver? Mm. So, um, They also couldn't think of a good motive for this stranger. Like, yeah, he'd asked Charles for money, but then he hadn't stolen anything from the house. Like, other than he was pissed at Charles and somehow instinctively knew this is where his mom lived. Like, there's no good motive. So, And then they found out that Charles was a beneficiary on his mother's life insurance policy. Dun, dun, dun. Looking really bad. But which had recently been taken out by him (laughs) in an unusually large amount. Right. So they they did still do an investigation. Um, They compared the bloody palm print to Charles. They interviewed witnesses at the restaurant, Um, the restaurant at the restaurant and then at I guess maybe the store like after he let him out they did find witnesses in both places that saw this guy and could corroborate Charles's story so they knew that there had been a hitchhiker at the restaurant I don't think anybody had seen him get in Charles's car but like they knew they were there around the same time they described him in a similar way Um, and then people said that they had seen a struggle between you know this guy with a pickup truck and this other guy and so those parts of the story seemed likely and when they compared the palm print not Charles's hand Hmm. right so based on that they cleared Charles they entered the DNA into CODIS entered the palm print into evidence and nothing happened for over a decade so yeah this whole time even though they've cleared Charles like he's still everyone still thinks he did it sure because Legit. Either he did it or he paid to have it happen or he knows something about it. Like, there's no way it happened the way he said it did. So in November of 2005, there was a DNA hit in CODIS on this evidence they had entered. And it came back and they were able to match the palm print to Gilbert E. Cannon of Del Mar, Maryland. Different guy. 
It was the baby. (laughs) (laughs) So he had lived in Delaware at the time of the murder in 1991. In 1997, so six years after the murder, he had served time for a different murder and a robbery and possession. Wait, but he was already back out by 2004? Yeah, apparently you just get like a couple years. Yeah, I I got nothing. What? <laughs> Jackie's like, that's been my whole experience. I it's making me rethink my whole no murder stance, if that's all you get. Right. <laughs> um, and actually, you know what? I say that, but I'm not positive that he... It said that he had served time, so it made it sound like he was done serving time, but it's entirely possible he was still serving time. Oh, yeah, he was still in. Right. Because they matched him at that point. That's where he. That's why his DNA was on file, was because of this 1997 murder. So the the time difference between 97 and 2005, like they could have solved that murder in 97 easily. Right. But it there was such backlog. It didn't get tested. Like it took almost another decade after that to get around to testing it. So in January of 2006, they arrested him and charged him with first degree murder in the murder of Dorothy Donovan. When they first asked him about the murder, he, of course, denied it because that's what you do. That's what you do. Um, but then they, they showed him the DNA evidence and the palm print evidence and the sketch that everyone is always like, oh, yeah, that's totally him. I very rarely see it when you compare, like, a police sketch to a mugshot. Like, he looked nothing alike. Even if he'd put on the glasses, he still wouldn't look like that. Whatever. <laughs> um, so he confessed. He said he was high on cocaine at the time. That when he got out of the car and could not get back in the car with Charles, he had gone walking down the road. Because remember, Charles dropped him at the intersection of where he would turn to go down his house. (coughs) So he just randomly went walking down the road looking for a place to spend the night. But all of the houses had lights on. And he didn't want to go ask someone he wanted to break in and spend the night. So the very first house that he came across that wasn't lit was the farmhouse because Dorothy Donovan was asleep because she was in her 70s and it was the middle of the night and she had gone to bed. Right. Um, He broke the glass in the back door so that he could go in so he could sleep in the house, but it woke Dorothy up. So he murdered her so that she couldn't ID him. It was completely a coincidence He didn't work with anyone else. He had never met Charles Holden. He didn't know Dorothy. He had no idea they were related. He just happened to stumble upon her house, break in, and murder her. And so after, what, a decade and a half, they finally proved that poor Charles Holden was telling the truth (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) So he is um, serving life in prison, no possibility of parole. Wow. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like the worst. Like if I was going to murder somebody and then make up a story, that is like the shittiest story I yeah. could come up with. Oh, my God. Take something out of the house. Take her purse. Something. Literally, you know, literally literally anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he had plenty of time. Like he totally could have. Or you hire someone. Like it was just yeah. such a. Like, if I was a stupid criminal trying to get away with murdering my mom for the insurance money, that's exactly how right, it would have gone exactly how it goes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Walked past all these other houses, but they all had a light on, and so he didn't Note go to self-sleep with the lights on. Right? right? Yeah. So that's my twist. That's amazing. <laughs> that was so good. Yay. I'm just feeling so relieved that October's <laughs> 
Dinah's into all that stats and research shit. Not not me so much. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but it was fun. It was fun. It was really fascinating. But I'm also glad it's November. We got 11 months to go. I know, but now we get to do some holiday-themed ones. Ooh. No, that, that holiday is over. That was Halloween. Ooh. That's over. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting into more like the gobble-gobble and ho-ho-ho. Mm. Those are the next ones. Ho-hos. No, not ho hos. Santa sleigh. S L A Y. Diana, do we have any shout outs this week? So Crime Crazy is sponsored by Elizabeth Wilder Woo-hoo! and Dave Hat. Woohoo! Show sponsors support Crime Crazy through Patreon at the ten dollar per month level or above. Thank Yay! you. You're our favorite. Yay. A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. <gasps> It is the first episode of the month. <laughs> so to all of our Patreon supporters, Brian Williams, Elizabeth Wilder, Dave Hat, Patty Snow, and Peg Pool, thank you. You're awesome. If you'd like to support Crime Crazy, and you should. Of course. Please check out our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All patrons get a monthly shout out on the show. Plus, we will love you forever. Forever. Whether you want us to or not. No. We're not that kind of a podcast. (laughs) Only way to get love. It is. It is. If you need to be validated, this is how. There you go. Um, We do not have any new review shout outs, but it has only been like two days since we recorded live. It's (laughs) true. Guys, I feel like we're recording every other day. Kind of. (laughs) Do nothing but edit podcasts. And work. And work, and then edit podcasts, and then work, and then wonder how I'm going to edit a podcast on the bus. <laughs> so, if you'd like to receive a shout out, please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If we miss you, send us a little note because yes, if please. it's not on iTunes, we may or may not ever find it. Yeah, and if it is on iTunes, we may or may not ever find it. It's real, real touch trigger either way. We give shout outs for all reviews, but we like the five star ones the best. Yeah. You can follow Crime Crazy on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash crimecrazypod. From there, you can check out either one or both of our discussion groups. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter at crimecrazypod, on Instagram at cri- crimecrazypod. Oh, I owe you guys some lizard pictures. Yeah, we have I have some new Mirabelle pictures. I'll post. I'll Yay. Post. You can visit our website at crimecrazypodcast.com or email us at crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You're at Aaron Plyme. I'm at Diana underscore Secon. Do you have a Twitter? No. (laughs) Or I do, but I don't know the password. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie's over Twitter. That's where the old people hang out. I mean, yeah. Twitter was like so three years ago. (laughs) Diana can't figure it out. (laughs) Twitter confuses me. You can follow us on Instagram, which I have fucking figured out. You're at... E. Plime. <laughs> I'm at Diana underscore Seacon. So, Diana, it's November. Yeah. I know I'm not going to get murdered by poison candy. Nope. I know I'm not going to be mistaken for Halloween decoration. Mm-mm. I know I am not going to be murdered by a stranger or kidnapped or Mm-mm. my children kidnapped. Nope. I don't remember the rest of our episodes, but I know none of it's going to happen. True story. But I'm wondering that now that we have like learned all that stuff, do you have any new wisdom 
that you could give us today? I do. It's November. It is. It's going to snow this week. Fuck. Just a little. Just uh-huh. a couple inches. It'll be fine. Just a couple inches. <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah, that's like nothing. It's like a dusting. Yeah, we're barely oh going to register God. it. No. So you know what that means? Yeah, I need to move. So it's the perfect time of year to bring out those those like warm hearty dishes. Hot dish? Sure. But All what right, I'm so saying pull is out the hot dish. It is the good eating time of year. Yes. And I'm not a fan of sweet breakfast, so it just makes my tummy unhappy all day. Yeah. So I like breakfast food for dinner. Okay. So I would encourage all of you to go to your local grocer, pick up some waffles. Yeah. And some maple syrup. But like real maple syrup. Whatever. The expensive shit. Whatever. Okay. I don't have stock in the Federation's <laughs> Reserves. So like, you do you. You want Aunt Jemima? You knock yourself the fuck out. Have a nice breakfast for dinner. Sounds good. Yeah. We might have to do that this week. Call your people. Call your people. And don't end up on next week's episode. Aaron sent me a goat. It's true. I did send you a goat. Like an actual goat? In the mail. It was goat mail. It was you got you goat mail. You goat mail. It, it was, was not amazing. an actual goat. I still think the funniest I'm part so is so disappointed. That no octopus, no goat. But it, but the so I think the best part is is that I had bought Erin these pillows that she'd been talking about for months. Did not say anything <laughs> to her. Never mentioned it. And I'm waiting for them to be delivered because I know they're showing up that day. And then I get a package from I don't know who marked you got mail or you, you goat, goat mail. mail. And it's from Erin. And then I get a message from her. <laughs> we just randomly bought each other surprises. <laughs> well, and mine was a process. Like, yeah, I heard I had yours, not yours recently was a ordered those. <laughs> so yours confused me so much because I, know, I had great. I had been thinking about ordering them, and I was pretty sure I hadn't. But when they came, I was like, "Well, shit, did I order?" These? <laughs> I went back through all of my bank accounts and all of my <laughs> emails, and I'm like searching where they came from. And then I was like, "Okay, so I got pillows," and then Amanda was the first one to like it, and I was like, "Do you know something about my pillows?" Which she did. Which, yes. Well, David also knew about the pillows, but he would not tell me anything. Well, because I thought, um, I thought their ordering process was super weird and I thought they might send them to my house. Right. So we had set up a system. Right. To (laughs) sneak them in. To sneak them into your house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, she didn't give me an octopus for reals. I did have a saltwater tank at my old house and that was one of the things was like, okay, so I'm going to need some starfish, and I'm going to need an octopus, and I'm going to need some sea slugs. Mm-hmm. I got two out of the three, but octopods are really, really hard to keep in captivity because they're such brilliant animals, and they are so dexterous, and they are good problem solvers. They're, they're next to impossible to keep in a tank. Mm-hmm. They just come out. Um, so I didn't get one. Well, they, they can fit anywhere, too. They can they fit can. through like any hole. Yep, mm-hmm. their beak is the only part that matters, mm-hmm. which is very tiny. And raisins would be good for, like, Halloween-themed wine coolers. I don't know. I'm just kind of grasping at straws now. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I'm tall. I can reach for whatever I need to. (laughs) (laughs) That's how our episode's going to end.
that and the Harry Potter song. It's just going to be us singing for like four hours. We're up to four hours now. Oh my. This episode is a disaster. (laughs) He works with Franklin's dad. Who's Franklin? Hey, it's Franklin. There once was a boy named Harry. That one? No? Love Shack, baby. Okay, we're done now. Cruella de Vil. Yeah.